and welcome to River Tales, a Riverdale recap podcast where one of us doesn't watch the show. That's me. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Elaine. And I'm Kiana. And today we're recapping season four, episode 16, The Locked Room, and episode 17, Wicked Little Town. Two very different episodes. Oh boy, <laughs> I am excited for one of these. <laughs> Which one? You'll find out. You'll find out. I have thoughts about things. Oh, okay. is it our turn to guess? Ooh. Oh, the tables have turned. Wow. Musical chairs. Oh, how fitting. Would that be a fun game for this podcast? Musical chairs? <laughs> it would just be like a bunch of jumbling shuffling noises. It's, yeah, it's a very like auditorily involved game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's music. It'd be like suspenseful. They don't know what's happening when the yeah. music's off. It'd be just like Riverdale, suspenseful and full of music. Yeah, and you never know what's happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Accurate. Next episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> we have two truths in life. Oh my gosh, what a surprise. Like always. What a surprise. Okay. Give it to me. All right. So, number one. Jughead stages an event on the roof of Pops to announce he's alive. <laughs> Betty and Jughead solve eight murders in one episode. Okay. <laughs> and third, Mr. Turtle is a serial killer. Oh. What's the lie? Dang, you guys mm. get me every time. These are always so good. <laughs> the show is just so unpredictable. It it's is. It's true. It like, gives us lots of material. Any one of those could be true. Okay. Um... I think the lie is the second one about the eight murders. <laughs> no. No? That's true. No. Take, oh, okay. Take another guess. Mr. Turtle's a murderer? <laughs> no! <laughs> so Jughead doesn't announce that he's alive on the roof of... Does he... <laughs> <laughs> we made that up entirely. Does he announce that he's alive at all? No. Not in like an official sense. Not publicly, but privately. Okay. Yes. And it's so extra. It's, Gosh. yeah, it still okay. is. It, it, could, it could have happened on the rooftop of Pops. Oh, right. For sure. Yeah. Well, Pops is, like, Jughead's home. Mm. It's his place. It would be the place to do it. I mean, the, the second episode that we're discussing ends on the rooftop of Pops, does it not? It does. It does. It does. Yes. May or may not be slightly inspired by that. <laughs> yeah. We are, well, but we're not getting into that now. We're going to get into yeah. episode 16. Yeah, we need to separate these a little bit in our minds. Yes, okay. So, the locked where room. should we start with the locked room? Should well, we just explain the mystery? That's most of what that Yeah, episodes. I mean, like, everything, that you know, like, the last episode or episodes have all been the lead up to the big reveal. Who done it? Of Jughead's merger. Yes? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, before we start, though, what is your guess? I know we kind of talked yeah. about this last time, but since you've had, like, a week to think about it, or not even a week, a few days. Yeah. Has it days. not been a month? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, like, what do you think actually happened? Like, how did this all go down? Well, how did it end? Like, Well, let me give you a little bit of a refresher. Please. (laughs) Last week on Riverdale. (laughs) 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 Okay, so you know that Jughead, they attempted to murder Jughead, somebody. Yes. But we don't know who. They tried to frame Betty for it, and Archie and Veronica helped her with it, as did some other people. But, so you know Jughead is not dead, and you know, would you remember what happened with, like, Donna and Brett? They accused Jughead's friends, like the group, right? Yes. Is that it? Yeah, they accused them. They also led Betty into the woods, and... Did the hypnosis thing, or they tried to. Uh Mm Uh-huh. They, and Brett lured Jughead into the woods alone. Normal. So, who do you think tried to kill Jughead and why? Yeah, why do you think they went to all this work to plant all these seeds, to do all this, to, to frame Betty and pin it all on her? Like, why would they go through all this effort to try and kill Jughead? Okay, so it's Donna and who? Who's the guy? Brett. Brett. Those <laughs> are the suspects, but we don't know if they're the ones who did it. Should I be guessing someone else? This, okay. is just what, this is what you think. Because what I think is that Donna and Brett, like, conspired to kill Jughead because, well, he has that novel thing, I guess, and, like, he's, like, a straight-A student and, like, a heir to something in Riverdale. I don't know. He's, like, the, he's, like, the, <laughs> the secret... The serpent prince? Yeah, he's, a, he's, like, the secret prince of Riverdale or whatever, and so they're, like, jealous of him. That's why he wears a crown. Oh, um, royalty. Yeah. Royalty metaphor. I figured it out. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like they were, like... 
jealous and they wanted to to kill him and um frame the the girlfriend betty as we know her as we know her <laughs> as, as the girlfriend because <laughs> they want to be the main characters they're they're aiming for a spinoff oh mm-hmm. i see yeah so i think just out of like spite and jealousy i mean <laughs> that's what i was thinking your tone leads me to believe otherwise though <laughs> we'll put you out of your misery thank yes, you because you're, you're gonna hit me with a rock <laughs> Not today. (laughs) So this whole episode starts with Betty and Jughead walking into this room at Stonewall Prep during a class with the preppies and Mr. Turtle. Mm -hmm. They walk in, they're like, I'm back. What? Didn't you miss me? And they just do this whole little detective pair where they tell everyone how they figured out what happened and why and who's guilty. And they have such, like, big detective energy. It's so fun. <laughs> the real BDE. BDE. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys plan that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. So Betty Betty and Jughead are in Jughead's school telling everyone how they were framed for murder slash fake killed. Yes. Because like they, they have it all figured out? They yeah. have it all figured out. And is it true? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They've got it. Did I get it? They're master teen detectives. 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 <laughs> Master teen detectives. <laughs> of course that's true. <laughs> Rolls off the ten. <laughs> yes. I am a professional podcast host. That's right. Okay, so they go in and they spread this truth. Elaine, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say to kind of like the name of the episode as well to set the scene. As soon as they get in there... Yeah, they, like, tell them that they're, like, locking them in. And so they're, like, they literally lock them in the room and take all their cell phones and everything. And they're, like, no, you're going to sit and you're going to listen, pretty much. Who? Jughead and Bedhead. (laughs) (laughs) Jetty and Bedhead. (laughs) (laughs) That should have been their actual couple Don't you know my favorite character, Bedhead? From from Murder River. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, who locks them in a room? <laughs> no, they lock Bedhead. <laughs> bedhead locks them in a, in, is, in a room. Okay, Sam, this is the simplest part of the whole episode. Everything else from here gets much more complicated. I just, I just we know, need to keep up. I just want to know who gets locked in a room. Like, we don't have to keep this in. I just like... The preppies. The preppies get locked and in a room. And Mr. Turtle. And Mr. Turtle. In a, in a, in a locked room, Betty and Jughead put them in there. No, they. This is where I'm confused. They walk no. into their classroom. Betty and Jughead walk into the classroom to tell while everyone. they're having. They're about to start a lecture, and okay. they lock them in. Okay. Yeah. The preppies. Yeah. I miss your hurt. Yes. That was unclear. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll do a better job. It's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but that's why it's called the locked room. You know, because it refers to all the like locked room kind of like detective stories as well. Sort of like, and then they were none, or those mm. like that, you know, and like they're all stuck and they have to, until they solve this murder. Then so, they can escape. Yes. Yes. Then they can be released. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to explain everything that happened, they start from the beginning with both Moose and Jughead being recruited in their senior year to Stonewall Prep by Mr. Chipping. Coincidence? Interesting. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Complete coincidence. That's everything I've ever done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing planned. So when Jughead was first at school on Halloween night, he got drugged by Donna and then locked in a coffin overnight. Right. And when he woke up, Moose was gone. Yes. Which was suspicious. But then he found out that Mr. Chipping had just been recruiting Moose to go into the army. And that night he'd been like, you got to leave now. You're going to the army now. Kind of like forced him out. Okay. Fishy. Yes, as I suspected at the time. Yes. This is because Mr. Chipping knew that the preppies were going to murder Moose, and he felt guilty and wanted to save him. Because, because why? That we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me for wanting answers. <laughs> so Mr. Chipping saved Moose, Elaine. Yeah, so he saved Moose. And, well, that is the question. Why would he force him out? Why would he want to save Moose? You know, like, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And so they interviewed earlier, I think we kind of touched on it, but they had interviewed his wife and she talked about how he said that he'd wished that he had never signed the Baxter Brothers contract 
and he'd been drinking a lot and just been like really agitated with things. And you know, like the Baxter brothers is kind of the heart of Stonewall Prep. Mm-hmm. So yes. it all ties back to the good old Baxter brothers. The Baxter brothers show up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are the ones who tried to kill Chuck. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a twist would that be? That would be For cool. real. Yeah, they hop out of the book. That would yeah. be such a pretty little liars move. <laughs> I just bring up all of my anger at other fandoms. It's another podcast. Show. It's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just to bring in some invented character to be the big bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so then Betty and Jughead talk about how. It's just an interesting coincidence that each time a new ghostwriter took over the Baxter Brothers contract, somebody randomly disappeared. Mm-hmm. One of the Stonewall Four mm-hmm. who disappeared. So right. there's been four ghostwriters. Right. And each time that person disappears, they then, shortly after, become the new ghostwriter. Wait. Not the person the disappeared. Some, someone else. Like... Coincided, like during the same month yeah. that Mr. Oh, yeah, sorry, the that same was month unclear. that Mr. Chipping became the new ghostwriter is the same month that one of the Stonewall Four disappeared, and yeah. so continues. It's kind of like you have to kill the person who was originally gonna be the ghostwriter to become the ghostwriter. Is that the close? What you know, so have you have to kill someone else in the school, and you have to commit oh. like the perfect murder. You can't get caught for your murder. Yeah, the and idea that, is to be able to write the perfect murder, you have to be able to commit the perfect murder. Yes. Right. And that's how you get the contract, by killing another student right. and getting away with it. And that's why Mr. Chipping recruited Moose, was to be kind of their sacrificial lamb that year for the Baxter Brothers contract, because he wanted, it was time for a new ghostwriter. So they wanted Jughead to kill Moose? No. It was going to be one of the other students. Oh, they didn't expect Jughead to be good, or what? Well, Jughead, he was kind of an unexpected twist that semester. He's a wrench that got thrown in their plan. Yeah? Sort of. Sort of. Jughead was actually recruited more for a different purpose. Like, mm-hmm. sexually. <laughs> <laughs> so, knowing this, you know that Mr. Chipping killed somebody in order to get the Baxter Brothers contract. Ah, And so that's why he says he regrets it. That's why it's been weighing on his mind. And, you know, at this point where he's going to be passing it on, he's not only, not only did he commit a murder, but at this point he would be helping somebody else to kill somebody else. Right. And he can't live with that. You know, because it's like it's one... Because he already did it and he feels bad enough. Yeah. And he doesn't want to do that to another person. So, the night when Jughead got almost murdered, Hmm. we know that Brett took Jughead into the woods, we know that Donna took Betty into the woods, but there's also Jonathan and Joan, who are like the little minions, who are like minor preppies. (laughs) So We haven't talked about them a lot, just because they don't play a big role in a lot of it. I don't think I've I've known about Jonathan shortening it. (laughs) (laughs) Jonathan. (laughs) They're like each half a character, so together equal one. Yes. They're like Tweedledee, Tweedledum kind of minions where they're like, we're just going to do whatever the boss says. Exactly. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't really have any personality besides whenever they need them to do something, they do that thing. What yeah. a life. That's yeah, what I want, you know? Just like, <laughs> just chill until someone needs you. Sort yeah. of like a prep school minion. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to make any of your own decisions. It sounds a lot easier. And you get a friend. You, know? you get a best friend. And you get to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want, boss? <laughs> Like that. So you'd be great. I would be great. Yeah. Hire me. Oh, yes. No, anyway, so Joan, Minion 1, Tweedledee 1. Mm-hmm. She's the one who actually... Tweedledee 1? <laughs> the other name, the other guy has a different name. <laughs> anyway, Joan. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, Jonathan. Jonathan. Jo- no, Joan. Jonathan minus the, the Nathan. Yes. That's easier. (laughs) Joan, okay. She's the one who hits Jughead with the rock while he's talking to Brett. Oh, unexpected. Yeah, but he recognizes her perfume, like right at that last second Mm. before he's knocked out, so he knows it was her. Jonathan's job was to make sure that Jughead was dead and had no pulse. He obviously didn't do a great job, and that's why he's been missing from these past few episodes. Because they gave him food poisoning, I guess. 
Mm. Food poisoning. Yeah. What is that? What do you mean? Like food poisoning? Like they just poisoned him? We have no oh. idea. Okay. But it's very sus. He's he's out of the picture. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Donna's like, it's fine. He's food poisoning. Which could be true. That could be true. That'd be like good punishment. I mean, food mm-hmm. poisoning is pretty close to death. Oh, for real. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So yeah. And then we know from before that Donna was with Betty. She did the devil's breath powder. Got her out, you know, like, mm-hmm. woo. And then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wish you could say my, my art movements without woo. You know? <laughs> um, and she, she, she like walks her over to Jughead, gives her the rock in her hand, and walks away. And that's when Archie and Veronica come upon Betty. And, you know, like we had seen before, Archie's like, oh, he doesn't have a pulse. But after that, Betty starts giving him CPR along with Archie, and they get him back. Wait, why doesn't he have a pulse? Because he was knocked out. Oh, mm. is that how that works? I don't that's, know. that's not how that works. No. Maybe maybe they didn't know how to check a pulse either. Maybe yeah, well, she's not a doctor. No, no, mm. I feel like that is the most plausible thing because otherwise, if he was without a pulse for that long between when they hit him over the head with the rock and when Veronica, then he would have been dead. He would have been dead. Yeah, he would have actually been dead. Like you, your heart just can't not beat for that long and give you CPR <laughs> and you're magically fine. Because in my head, I was like, maybe. Jughead anticipated this and like had like a weird like heart stoppy vest. You was Tell him your theory about the tennis ball. Oh, when I first watched this episode, me and Kiana were talking and she's like, "He's dead," and I was like, "No, he's not." I was As like, "I they, also thought." I was like, "They wouldn't kill Jughead," and I was like, "I bet that he has like a stress ball or tennis ball in his armpit to like stop his like pulse to his neck or something." Yeah, you know, like something to like. Just, like, stop the blood flow so it's like, supposed to be really, really weak if you like, could even feel it. he fell in, like, a, an herb that made his heart stop. Like, Betty with the magic forget forgetful herb. I don't know. This is, like, borderline <laughs> Harry Potter stuff. But, like, you <laughs> know like, I mean. magic? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I know, but I was, like, I was sure. I was, like, there's got to be some. There's so many tricks you can use to mask your pulse. Like, in real life, I was, like, he planned it, but... That's not what actually happened, but that was my guess. It was a good theory. Yeah. yeah. That would, I mean, writers take note. That would have been a good idea. Yeah. But. For next time. Someone's just bad at checking pulses, I guess. Yeah, they're doing CPR all wrong, too. <laughs> but they would have actually killed Jughead without they were doing CPR, <laughs> but that's fine. He wasn't actually dead, so. So does that mean Cole Sprouse is actually dead? Confirmed? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this has been Dylan this whole time. This has been Dylan. Yeah, this time, is yeah. Dylan. Yeah, so they give him CPR, he comes back, Betty calls Charles, and she's like, oh wait, okay, first before she called Charles, Jughead wakes up, and he's like, no hospital. Betty, being a terrible girlfriend, listens to him, and doesn't call 911, calls Charles instead, and is like, Jughead's hurt, we need your help. So he calls in his FBI medic friends, they come out into the woods secretly, disturbing none of the party goers, and get Jughead. To the hospital. The well, FBI hospital. I don't know. Where'd they take him? Their basement? They didn't take him to the sex bunker right away. No, I feel like they probably just took him to, like, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe they, they took fixed him, him up like, in the uh, van. Yeah, it's a medical van. I feel like they would take yeah. him to the van. Or he could have stayed there for, like, he said he was unconscious for, what, like, 36 hours or something. Yeah. Yeah, they could have helped him in the van. Maybe they went to, like, some medical school and, like... Or, like, Charles' office. His office. Yeah, I mean, you just need, like... He doesn't need anything super intensive, you know? It's not like he I needs I mean, 36 hours, you probably and... need a catheter, right? <laughs> yeah. Who's doing that? Oh. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I mean, Betty can give stitches. Maybe, you know, she helped out. Maybe what? Maybe she can install a catheter? <laughs> you wouldn't need a full catheter just, for 30 medical hours. help in general. Sure. I don't know how. I just want to know what they do with the pee. <laughs> the real mystery. The real yeah, mystery. Where does the pee okay. go? Speaking of that, no, I want to know what happened to that when he was locked in the coffin for a full day. Oh, you know, it's like yeah, that's tough. I mean, maybe you could hold it in. That'd be you're rough. not drinking any liquid. That's true. That would be rough though. Yeah, I was just like, what would you do in that situation? Pee your pants. Yeah, would you just show of hands? We would all pee our pants. <laughs> I mean, what's the alternative? There is no alternative. hold it in. I guess I don't know <laughs> until your bladder bursts. I mean, you gotta sleep at some point. Possible. Yeah, yeah. Same. I would like try to do it in my sleep. 
<laughs> oh, you do that? You want to wake up to that? <laughs> I would make a wish. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So he's presumably in a van or an office of some sort getting stitched up by Betty. Before he mark. gets wakes up and gets dropped into the sex bunker. Right. Yes. Where he's been dissecting this whole mystery and figuring out what really happened. Okay. <laughs> So Jughead's figuring out the mystery by himself. Mm-hmm. Is Betty there? She's like, kind of distracting the preppies the whole time. Yeah. They're like, playing their little mind game, which also this makes sense why Betty was so calm through everything. So You in, know, which seemed so creepy. In previous episodes, she really did. She was in on it the whole time. All yes. of them knew the entire time. All or of them? Betty, Archie, yeah. and Veronica knew the entire time. Okay. Except for those first 36 hours, they were like, what if he doesn't wake up? Oh. That's why they were trying to like That's why I was cover their butts in the beginning because right. they're like... If he does end up dying, like, it looks like we did this. And FP, they revealed, also knows that Jughead is alive. Right after they send that rock in for testing, Betty tells him the truth. Because it has fake blood on it? Because mm-hmm. they planted a, a, a blood rock? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she tells him, like, at that point. Well, that's nice. So he's in on it, too. Cool. So and Jellybean all... knew too. Why did Jellybean have to know? Because Betty asked for her fake blood. And she was like, is this for my brother? And Betty's like, what are you talking about? What? No, this fake blood is just for fun. <laughs> you can't trust Jellybean. <laughs> and Jellybean's like, I could hear you talking. Like, her room is probably right next to Betty's. Sure. Yeah, and she's like, I heard you on the phone talking about this. Gosh, makes you wonder what else Jellybean has heard in there, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Jellybean. I mean, no. you know. She's been through a lot already, though. She's, yeah, she's a tough cookie. Yeah. And yet she continues to live here. I mean, she can't Where? move. She's a minor. And FP is parent of the year. Why would you want to leave him? Debatable yeah. still. Debatable still. If he was my daddy, I wouldn't leave him. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> so no. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Snake daddy. <laughs> Snake daddy slither on in. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. In a pro pro. I mean, <laughs> like so smug. I mean, <laughs> so proud of that. I, I know. <laughs> I mean, every word of it. Okay. Okay. So everyone knows. Pretty much, yeah. And also, um, Archie told his mom. Mm-hmm. So Archie's mom knows. Gosh, does, who doesn't know? That's like the shorter <laughs> Betty's parents, or I'm sorry, Veronica's parents know nothing. They're like not even involved. That's they don't fine. care. Do yeah. they even know Jughead's dead? Presumably. Probably not. Probably not. They're like, oh, whatever. They're like, Which Jack one was who? that? Is that <laughs> yeah. the gay one? <laughs> yeah. Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back into the murder mystery solving. In the beginning, in the beginning of time, <laughs> that was so dramatic. <laughs> in the beginning of the Quillen Skull Society, yeah, um, there were five people in the literary club: Mr. Dupont, Jughead's grandpa, and three other people. Is this the Breakfast Club? Pretty much. Okay, it this was is where Molly Ringwald comes back. Oh my gosh! Why haven't they done an episode like that? I don't know. I mean, did they? Well, they the kind of did. The flashback the episode that was so Breakfast Clubby. Yes. When was that? Um, during the gargoyle king stuff. Yeah, oh, last okay. season. <laughs> anyway, so those five were the OG Quill and Skulls. Three of them disappeared mysteriously. Does that mean they died? It means Mr. DuPont murdered them. Oh my gosh. To cover up the fact that he he didn't steal Jughead's grandpa's story. I mean, he paid him $5,000. Sure. But it was like highway robbery, basically. Wait, is Mr. DuPont Mr. Turtle? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, who is this new character? <laughs> Let's not get that. That's the twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he slowly or staged accidents to kill them all. Mm-hmm. And Jughead's grandpa found out about this because the last one to be murdered came to him and he was like, Forsyth, Mr. I don't know what's Mr. Turtle's first name. I don't know. I don't know, whatever. Mr. He's like, yeah, Mr. <laughs> he's like, Forsyth, Mr. Turtle <laughs> killed our friends. He's coming for us next. And then that, you know, that guy died. And so Jughead's grandpa was like, I need to go into hiding, otherwise I'm going to get murdered. And that's why he left Jughead's family. And while he's, you know, off hiding in the woods in his trailer being a recluse. That's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Recluse chicken. <laughs> a recluse? A recluse. <laughs> he is another little detective, and he's trying to, like, figure out what DuPont is doing and how he can, like, 
not expose him. him. Yeah, expose yeah. him. That's the word. Mm-hmm. So he's like their whole family is just like detectives, and it's so cute. So Grandpa plus FP plus Charles come bursting through the doors, and they're like, "We got you, Dupont." About Please refer to him as Mister Turtle. I'm sorry. My brain is so small. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, back to the reason why Jughead was recruited is he was recruited as bait to try and lure Jughead's grandpa out of hiding because Jughead's grandpa would know, you know, like, if Jughead's going to Stonewall Prep, what's probably going to happen to him. Okay. You know, and so that's why Jughead was recruited for Stonewall Prep in the first place. Mm-hmm. was all for his grandpa. Mm. Because DuPont wanted to kill the last person who knew the truth. Yes. But then when Jughead came to him, you know, and approached him about the books, that also put a target on Jughead's back because now he also knew the truth. Mm -hmm. So Grandpa and FP come into Stonewall and they're like, we got you. Yes. Is FP going to arrest him? Does he have enough information for that? Yeah. Okay. Because they have the testimony of Grandpa and they have all this evidence that... With along with his testimony, makes a pretty solid case. They also went they, to the past ghostwriters and interviewed them, and they are all like, "I'm calling my lawyer." Yeah, they lawyered up right away. Oh, okay. And so it's like suspicious. very suspicious. Yeah. So it's definitely something. It'd be enough material for a case. Yeah. Yeah, but then Mr. Turtle, he says, "Get out of my sight." <laughs> <laughs> Does he really? No, I wish you had the audacity. <laughs> To accuse me of murder. (laughs) No, so he, you know, obviously is shaken by this. He was not expecting this. Mm -hmm. And he is pretty much saying, you know, like, "Uh, you'll never catch me. He's a Scooby-Doo villain. He's a Scooby-Doo villain. He literally said, I would have gotten away with this. No, Jughead said that. He's like, you almost got away for this if it weren't for... Us meddling kids. And then all the other three come and they stand back to back with their arms (laughs) crossed. And then Archie's dog runs in just to be there. Yeah. All right, so... So they don't get a chance to arrest him because... Smoke bomb? Guess what he does? He follows after Mr. Chipping and he jumps out the window. Oh. Same window. Same (laughs) window. They have to replace it again within like what... Three or the construction workers must have been like, oh man. <laughs> again? Yeah. That job again? I mean, how cliche. I know. And also, he's like slowly inching towards the window yeah, it was and obvious. nobody grabs him. It's like, grab him. You know what he's going to do? He's not going to get caught. Also, shouldn't they reinforce those windows to be suicide okay, proof? Right? Also, first, yes. Also, they are stained glass. <laughs> or a new stained glass windows for aesthetic. Because safety well, it's isn't... Like, or, yeah. But also stained glass, it's like you would hope it would be a little bit more durable. I don't I mean, think it is, though. Is I it? I guess I don't know how they made it. It looks like it's held together by glue. I know stained glass is beautiful. This is my this is my opinion. I think it looks like it's held together by glue. <laughs> well, old stained glass, it was like iron or like melted metal. But no, it's like it should be stronger than a normal window, though. I mean, the panes would break easily, but the whole thing, you shouldn't... I don't know. Should he be able but to I mean, how late would that be if he like jumped into that window and then kind of like ricocheted back? I would like, love that. I would love that. Yeah, that would be actually really fun. It would because it'd just be like, not today, Mister Turtle. Yeah, and, and then, then it could be like all over him. That was lame. Yeah, let's yeah. arrest you, man. You I know. mean, his last words were something about being an honorable man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. An honorable serial killer. Another. Another one. <laughs> Wait, okay, so who gets the... Stop it. (laughs) So So who gets the rights to not Hardy Boys? Not, oh. Who gets the right to not Hardy Boys? Baxter Bros. Baxter Bros. now. Is that up in the air still? People aren't caring about that right now? Well, Donna actually ends up with the contract. Mm -hmm. Donna? Donna. Why? Because I guess she's a decent writer. Yeah. Isn't she also like an accomplice of murder? Well, oh, we need to back up a bit. Yeah, so all of them were arrested and okay. questioned. But Donna never actually did anything. Oh. Everybody else did it for her. Mm-hmm. She was very clever. It's not illegal to drug Betty? I mean, um, can you prove that she did? I saw it. We, we all, it was on the show. <laughs> it was in the flashback, It was in the flashback, Judge. judge. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> with the material. Okay. Yeah, because it's like, how do you prove that she did that? There's no evidence on Betty. Sure. There's no witnesses. Besides Betty, who was supposedly drugged, would you really trust her But testimony? I guess she didn't do anything, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and so she didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And Charles does bring them all in for questioning, mm-hmm. and Brett gets beat up by FP and Jughead, which is like such a satisfying scene. Like literally? Yeah, because he's like, no, I don't want that deal. I want a deal where I go away with a little bit of community service, or else I'll release Jughead and Betty's sex tape. And then Charles is like, hmm, let me go think about that. That's like, the, that's like the worst sentence you could say. Right? Like you're yes. asking to get beat up in the face. Yeah, you're literally trying to blackmail this officer's overtly. family. Yeah, overtly. Yeah. And he's just, yeah. I love that though. He's just like, let me think about it. He might as well have said, room. I'm an asshole and I deserve to get punched in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then two little south side serpents slither in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, so is it ever revealed if, um, what's her name again? Donna. Donna and Mr. Chipping were together? They, they were weren't. Not. They, they were weren't. never okay. Donna says that Mr. DuPont told her to say that to cover it up. Okay. So that mm-hmm. no one would be suspicious. Yeah, so Donna gets the contract and everybody else is... I mean, we don't, like, we don't really know what happened to them, but that's not really important. You know, like, we don't know what Brett was actually charged with mm-hmm. or any of the others. But, yeah, but we know that Donna got the contract. And so then it, like, cuts to Donna, like, packing up all of her things at Stonewall Prep. And she walks into her room, and Betty, being extra like she is, is sitting on a chair in the middle of the room. And has a lamp next to her. And as soon as Donna walks in, turns on the lamp. And is like, hello, Donna. <laughs> like, how long do you think Betty was sitting in the dark being like, waiting? Oh, I'm just waiting for Donna to come. It's going to be so cool. I'm going to turn on this light. And she's yes. going to like, wait until like, right when she walks in the door. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then Donna's like, Betty? You know, like, okay. And so then Betty talks to her about how she was so clever, you know, to cover up everything so that she never actually got her hands dirty. Sarcastically? I mean, sarcastically. But also, like, but also, game rec- recognized well, game. Yeah, kind like, of thing. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah, just, you know, like, yeah, just like you were very clever. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Is she recording this? No. Okay. No, she's All not. Right. All right. But, um, you know, but she asks, you know, like, why would you do this? You kind of, you know, like Donna's like, do you. Like, oh, she's telling Donna, like, that she was the mastermind of everything. And Donna's like, do you really think that I would go through all that effort and do all that just for a book contract? You know, she's like, why would I do that? And Betty's like, well, maybe you would for revenge. And that's when it's revealed that Donna is the granddaughter of one of the people that Mr. Turtle murdered. Oh. And so she's been working hard this whole time to get into Stonewall Prep, to get into Mr. Chipping's class so that she could get revenge for her grandmother and like kill Mr. Turtle. Okay. So that's him specifically. That's who she was gonna murder for like that contest or whatever. So this whole thing presumably was an elaborate ruse against her against the Brett and everyone in Skull and Skull and Quill. No, the funny thing is that Brett was like never the mastermind behind it that you thought he was in the beginning. No. Donna was always calling the shot. Did Donna do something with videotapes too? No. That was was Brett. She made everyone do her dirty work for her. Mm -hmm. Okay. And like I mean, we don't know what her original plan was, but with Jughead coming in and everything else that happened, it kind of just like fell fell into place place Mm. for her. She's like, this is my in. Yeah, she's like, this is an opportunity. Mm. The other thing she wanted revenge for that she reveals that Betty Mm -hmm. didn't even know is that not only did Mr. Turtle kill her grandmother, her grandmother is the one who invented the Tracy True character, who is like... A main friends character with of the, the Baxter, Baxter brothers. brothers. Like she, she's like Nancy Drew. So Nancy Drew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> and Mr. Turtle stole that character from her grandma then too. Mm-hmm. And so her idea when she got the contract was to rebrand them and this whole like feminist like Tracy True thing. Mm-hmm. But she's not going to get a chance to do that because Betty threatens her. Oh. And says, drop your contract or I'll put this in all the newspapers. Mm-hmm. And they'll see it as a perfect motive for murder. Mm-hmm. But what? Their their entire conversation? No, the fact that one of the women that Mr. Turtle murdered was her grandmother. Oh, okay. It would give her connection Revenge. and motive. Sure, 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 sure. She should have been recording that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had proof because Hermosa 
was the one who found out that she was that person's granddaughter. Because she is what? a detective. She's a private investigator. What? A private investigator. Another sibling who's a private investigator? <laughs> Why? She has been the whole time. That's what? what she was like. Why wasn't that Charles? Why is Hermosa here? I'm sorry. She's here. That's a good question. She was like For helping this? daddy, or I'm sorry, what does she call him? Poppy. Poppy. Like with some of their legal stuff, like when he was still in jail. And she was like a private investigator, so after she came back to like help him. And now she's there to like be with her family in no. the time of need. No, I'm sorry, that doesn't warrant a character <laughs> on a show. <laughs> it doesn't. There's too many. There's too many. And then she comes in and drops a bomb like this? When there's another sibling who's also a private investigator? Well, no, he's FBI. Sam. Oh my gosh. But like, <laughs> he can bug anything. He has like access to like a medical van and like a truth detector. What is that thing called? Lie detector. <laughs> the opposite. And he goes up and it's like, mm, you be truthing. <laughs> you be truthing. <laughs> These other stuff, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like, boo. Wait, hold on. To Hermosa. Sorry, Hermosa. <laughs> All right. Hey, she's already got kicked out of Thanksgiving. You could show some respect. Also, I disappeared for the like half the season and then suddenly popped up again at their house. The most and you're like, part of it, yeah. And you're like, where have you been this whole time? And like investigating. investigating, I guess. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so yeah. Okay. There you have it. Sorry to pop off like that. <laughs> you feel what you feel. I do yeah. feel what I feel. All right. Is that the end of episode sixteen? Yes. Yeah. How did you guys feel about everything? Like, yeah, the I wrap thought- up. It, everything made so much sense, and I was surprised enough, but, like, I was also like, oh, yeah, I see that, and, oh, that's how this connects. Like, I thought it was good. It was good. The mm-hmm. only glaring pothole is the Jughead death no-pulse thing, I think. Yeah. They didn't really get away with that, but everything else, I was like, cool, sure. hmm mm-hmm. I feel like the, a lot of the things involving Jughead's death cover-up mm-hmm. were just a little... Hodgepodge. Well, just, like... I mean, it's it's Riverdale, but you know, just like a big stretch. It's like you Mm -hmm. did all of that with like what you had and that that short time frame and, eh, but whatever. Is this supposed to be the climax of the season? We still got like what, like three episodes left. Well, like what else is they going to do? They were supposed to be more episodes, but it got postponed because of COVID. Twenty twenty, man. That's what it is. Yeah, we're still living in it, Mm -hmm. and we will be um. Uh, recording episodes for it live because that okay also if you've been listening and you're like why are they recording episodes about two episodes sometimes three at a time it's because we're trying to catch up yes, yes. to get ready for season five yeah it just comes out in like two weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah we will be ready we will be ready yes. oh, okay. excited all right is it time it's time oh my gosh okay episode 17 Wicked little town. May I, may I preface this? <laughs> yes, yes. Because I have, I have a rant about this episode. I rant. watched, I watched this episode with Kiana. I stumbled. I saw on Twitter they were doing a Hedwig episode because I know they do their musical episodes and whatever. And I saw they're doing a Hedwig and an Angry Inch episode, which is my favorite musical, one of my favorite movies. And I was like, why? Who <laughs> asked for this? Why does this fit into Riverdale? I have to watch. So I watched it, and I hate it, and it is bad. I want to know what yes. I want to know what you guys think before we get into it. What did you okay. guys think of this as an episode of Riverdale? Just overall, yes. Um, because there's okay, there's not much plot, so we don't have to get super detailed. There's no. like one plot point we got to talk about, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. there's one major one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go on. I feel like first off, just like this, a lot of the songs sounded so bad to me. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I've never seen the musical, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure like what the source material is. But I was I was kind of judging it because I was just like this sounds terrible. Yeah. And I'm like this is a like well known musical. I'm yeah. like these harmonies are awful. This pacing is so weird. And I was just like these songs. Well, I was actually thinking the entire time I was watching the episode that I want to listen to the actual soundtrack because it was very confusing. Yes. I was like, but also part of it was just the fact that the actors. And actresses in Riverdale are not professional singers. No. And a lot of, especially, I know, like, I'm not, I don't want to throw shade at them, but some of... Oh, do it. Who cares? But, like, honestly, like, some of the songs, they just could not keep the right tempo through the no. song. And especially with musicals, if your tempo is off, your entire story is off yes. in that song. And the narrative is off. And then it makes everything just awkward you know it's like then you're just uncomfortable yeah. but is that how the actual musical is yes okay so 
in the musical, it's not like a show choir number. There's not harmonies. It's just like one person singing and it's like garage bandy, punky alternative rock. And so like the tempo and the pacing and the tone are very specific to this character. And the way Riverdale translated it, it was like, well, let's try to make it sound pretty, I guess. And it's just like, it just, it doesn't work because none of the actors can carry that kind of attitude because mm. it works with a, so, okay, the character Hedwig is like a transvestite in full, like, regalia drag. Like, it all works visually as well as, like, orally. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it's like a complete package. And to remove that from this and like make it a glee episode let's just call it what it is <laughs> it, it doesn't work it okay yeah I've, I've seen okay we we talked about like that music that musical number where they did cherry bomb and i watched it and like i was like okay i told kiana like this is just glee with murder like that's what, <laughs> they try to do this sometimes where they're just like we're gonna do a musical number for no good reason and but we're also gonna make it a gritty drama and it's like no, they, you can't just do that because you want to. I think they can. I love it. And that's what makes it Riverdale. Like, it's both. It's so fun, but also interesting. Like, in this two hours of my life, I had a mystery that, like, made sense and was intriguing and a ridiculous musical. But did you like this episode? I enjoyed it. I don't think it, it was, there was so much awkwardness in it. It's and so, I, it was very cringy. There was some cringy moments, but... I think it was fun. And I just, like, want to have fun when I watch TV. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, I mean, I generally like musical episodes. Like, I watched Glee probably more than I should have. <laughs> but, like, with this, it's just, I don't get the... You remove the context from the musical and you put it in, like, the Riverdale world. And it just doesn't work. Like, the yelling scene where they're doing exquisite courts where Jughead and um, Betty are fighting simultaneously, like, while, like, Archie and Veronica are fighting doesn't work. That was the weirdest one. It was the I weirdest agree. one. Yes. It was bad. Coincidentally, it was the one that Cole Sprouse sang in. He sang like three no, times. he sang like three of them. He okay. was the first person to sing in this episode and it was just like so shocking because he had always said he would not do the musical episode. Mm -hmm. Anything else, like he was the one person who would not sing and he refused to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was so shocking when he did this one and he like went all in. Well, he did the last one too though. But it was so minor. Yeah, it's true. He like barely sang. Yeah. Just like he didn't have it. anything solo and this was like... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of him so solo. Good. And honestly, I think he has a great voice. Yeah. I mean, and I think he pulled off this the best out of anyone, I guess. Yes, I would second that. I feel like Cole Sprouse did the best job because I felt like the energy of the songs, I feel like he captured the best of anybody and he was like all in. Yeah. And he like, he, went like for it. and his voice was like rar. It was sound weird. <laughs> rar. Rar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you More know, raw. it's like grittier. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, raw is not a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dinosaurs say I love you. <laughs> I was going to say that, and then I was like, no, this is not 2006. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> it is 2006, though. Okay. Yeah, but, like, I felt like that, the song that you're talking about, too, like, I know when I watched that, it was just, like, it was so uncomfortable. It is. But, like, I don't know, it was just, like, it, I feel like that was the moment, too, where I was just like, what am I even watching? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Because like, I mean, but, that song works because they're not doing sing-songy. Like the rest yeah. of the songs, they try to do like sing-songy. And it's like, that's just not how it works. I would say my my favorite number in the episode is Cheryl's Sugar Sugar Daddy. Because mm, it's like, mm. that's like kind of, it's not a throwaway song, but it doesn't rely so much heavily on like all this like backstory with Hedwig's character in the movie. That makes sense. And it's a fun song, so... Yeah, that was done well. It had really good choreography, mm -hmm. I thought. It was a little creepy, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're Very... performing for their teacher so sexually, or their principal. Yeah. Like, weird. a group of teenage a girls. A group of teenage girls. Not just one, even. I mean, one would be weird, but a group. Yeah. Like, ambushed him. Also in, like, crop tops and, like, Daisy Dukes. At Pops. At Pops Diner. <laughs> Poor Pops. And he's like, turned on the Poor music Pops. for he that. Poor Pops. really enjoyed it. No, he turned on the music for them. So, yeah, he's involved in this. Yeah. He's probably like... Okay. <laughs> what is it, girls? Don't mind okay. me. <laughs> You're doing a little show. Okay, I'll just play music for you. Yeah. And the plot of it was nonsense. Well, yeah. Like that's honestly probably I think like with not knowing what it's referencing, my biggest gripe for the whole thing is like, what is the point? Right. Like, you what know, is like, this for? Yeah, and like them, you know, because they want to participate in the variety, variety show. show. 
you know, and their principal's like, no, this is inappropriate for school because it's too sexual. And then they're like, well, you want to do it anyway. And And then, like, all this stuff keeps happening. And then they end up doing it, like, outside of school anyway. Without Mm -hmm. Kevin. I guess he's there at the end, kind of. He's there. Is he there at the end, like, on the roof? He's not on the roof. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Which, yeah, he should have been been in the middle of the roof of the group. He already had his moment at school to be like, this is my solo. I guess. And then the rest of the night was the variety show. I guess, but which like, he put together. Yeah, so but like, it, but so it wasn't a, the actual variety show at that point anyway. So he could have done whatever he wanted. So yeah, because it seemed like the variety show evolved from like Kevin wants to do a Hedwig number to we're all going to do Hedwig numbers. Yeah, to like support Correct. you. And then the whole show, the whole school shows up in Hedwig wigs. <laughs> yes. Excuse yes. me, where did you get those? Right, right? like Amazon Prime, all those wigs. What? Not just the wigs, but their entire outfits too. Like they live in. A small town of Riverdale. Yeah. Where are they going to get, like, Where a hundred? How are they going to style those wigs? Who's styling these wigs? You know how Kevin's hard it is? Kevin's doing that all? <laughs> no. Of course not. No. They came like that. They bought them like that. Yeah, they spent lots of money just to get them like that. That's not it. That is not a wig out of Veronica bag. was like, my daddy will pay for this, Kevin. Yeah, because Hiram Lodge <laughs> would just be all over He's that. He's like, what? 50 wigs? Sure. Yeah. Right. What are you going to do with all those wigs? Uh... Everyone no. takes it home? Donation to the theater department. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nine of a thousand headwigs. Okay, great. <laughs> well, okay. Some, so I looked up some backstory on this because I was like, why? Why did they choose Hedwig? Yes, why? I'm curious. The lyricist of Hedwig and the Angry Hitch, the Broadway um, show, likes Riverdale. And ah. he was like, shoot your shot. I'm going to reach out to the creator and be like, hey, I know you guys do musical episodes. Would you want to do this? Oh, that's, that's actually kind of cool. It is cool, but it's also just like, it's the classic argument of just because you can, should you? Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And it's like, think about, like, because the, the creator didn't really ever think like, oh, we should do a Hedwig episode. Like, it didn't cross their mind. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense then. Yes. You know, because it feels like it doesn't very forced. And this is the lowest rated episode on IMDb. <laughs> of all of, of them. All, it should be. It should yeah. be. Yes. I mean, I don't know how well the other musical episodes are, but they're like, probably down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're they're like filler episodes. I was just gonna say, I feel like the last musical episode they did too was what the was Heather's one. one. I did Heathers? not like that one either. I thought that one was like not that one. I felt like was so out of place too, and the mm-hmm. characters, especially what they had them do, they're like forcing the characters into these songs. And creating yes. these situations for them to sing that song that made no sense. Which is how this one felt. Yes. But it's I felt like fun in a way. It's fun to see, like, songs you love. Because if you're a fan of the musical, you'd be like, oh, I love that song. And if you're not, you could be like, oh, I, I could like this song. Like, mm-hmm. It's cool that they're introducing this musical to people who had, have never heard of it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do a good job making you want to watch it. Like, do you guys want to watch mm-hmm. this? Musical after this? No, but if I had, if you had like told me about it, I would not have wanted to watch it anyway. Exactly, I think he's just should. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like I've never seen Carrie either, and I like appreciated that episode that they did and thought it was. Like, oh, like, I fun. thought the Carrie episode was a lot better. Though. And Carrie because isn't it's... just a musical. It's... And I've never seen Heather's either. And like same thing. Like those are like cultural phenomenons, mm-hmm. and Hedwig yeah. is very much like a queer like, cultural moment that yeah. isn't really, mm-hmm. like... Okay, but that's going to be my question for you, is, like, do you feel like it was, like, a good queer representation? No. Not really. Do you really feel like it was any representation at all, or...? No, because, like, I mean, now that Casey Codd is canonically straight, <laughs> being engaged to a woman, I mean, he, he could, could be bi. bi. He could be bi. But, you know, I, yeah, I just didn't, like, feel any, like, personal connection with his character, and I feel mm. like the reasoning behind, like, wanting to do Hedwig wasn't really, like, all that revolutionary because the movie is so much more about, like, gender fluidity and love in many different forms and variations and, like, being represented by, like, your genitalia. And, like, I just feel like it didn't dive into that at all. It's like, we have a gay character. He really wants to do it. And then we're going to also, like, make these songs about our straight characters and, like, what they're going through. You know, this might have been a good opportunity to, like, introduce some other new characters. Like, what did Cheryl and Tony do? That was one thing is they were like not in any of these. They did sugar daddy, right? Yeah. But not like together. I mean, with all these other girls too, but not like them. You know, I'm like, they're the only like really like queer couple in this show. You know, like Kevin and Fane's Baylor do anything. 
you know, like they're hardly there. And so like Choni, you know, I feel like is like the only real like biggest like queer presence and they had like no like part in it. Yeah, really. they got a shout out in Archie's performance, but that's kind of it. But that's it. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. So it just it didn't it didn't resonate with me at all. Like the original musical does it so much just so much more with like those ideas and this is just like these are yeah. we like these songs yeah i, I mm-hmm. guess yeah like even mm. the wig in the box performance the one where they're like doing the you know that one the sleepover yes. one the that was sleepover my favorite. one it was a, it was a fun scene the singing was not good though it wasn't yeah. right it just wasn't right For that's the, the thing like yeah they were it was too sing-songy and it's mm. really more of a ballad but Mm, see like i've never heard these songs and i didn't think that one was like weird or anything i actually thought that was the best out of all of them in the episode i Mm. mean the like the scening was not the best but i thought how they did it was so fun yes and i was just like i love this yeah and i guess i but it's also just like my personal bias i guess because i love more like traditional kinds of like musicals that are more like Stage production. Yes, and just like really fun, sets. elaborate moving sets. Yeah. And harmonies and, yeah. you know, so to me, I was just like, oh, I love this. Yeah, because I just such an ode to that. Yes, because that's just like, I love that. Yeah. But and like. You guys should watch the movie because that scene is really kick ass. Really? Yes, I love it. I mean, we should just talk about the Betty and Archie kiss. Ugh. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Well, Terrible. why did they do it? It's because of it was the musical episode and it fit with the song. That's and it the only. Story. And they were that's, caught up in the moment. That's the only reason they did it. It doesn't and because, make sense. <clears throat> well, they did. I'll give them a little okay. bit of credit here. Back when they were like pretending to be a couple while Jughead was mm. pretending to be dead, you could sense there was like some spark and they were like, ooh, you, ooh, you, maybe. Like they yeah. foreshadowed it a bit. They did. I mean, the. It is Archie comics, you know? It's like, it's always the, like, struggle between Archie, Betty, and Veronica, you know? That's a good point. You know, so it's like, I feel like they kind of also have to play with it because that's the story of Archie since forever. I feel like we, and by we, I mean Kiana, are a little bit precious about the bughead um, And me. Okay, and Elaine. (laughs) Anybody else? (laughs) Production crew? No? Okay. I know, like, if you're looking at it, if I was looking at it more objectively... And, like, if I subtract my emotions from this, I feel like it actually is kind of a clever thing to do because of the history with Archie Comics and everything. But as a bughead shipper, I hate it. Agreed. I hate it I mean, so as a much. viewer, I don't like and, it because it feels yeah. very arbitrary and, like, oh. Well, and why would they do that? I know. And, like, for for what reason? To create drama. But that's not you a can't just reason. create drama. There has to be a reason behind it. Like, Otherwise, why? it's not interesting. Jughead and Betty just went through that whole thing where he was, like, dead, and she was, yeah. like, and they were, like, mm-hmm. the best team ever, and it's, like, uh-huh. why? And they got in one little fight before this, and then she kisses Archie. And my mom got scared, and then she said, you're moving with your auntie <laughs> and your uncle in Bella. <laughs> I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license plate said brush, and it had dice in the mirror. I win. <laughs> <laughs> you do? <laughs> <laughs> I know I feel like again like they did foreshadow it a little bit but there should have been a different reason for it to have happened I think than just they got in a fight and then they kiss each other yeah like maybe if one of them like I don't know say if Archie and Veronica had something going on and he kissed Betty and then Betty was like what are you doing yes but both of them to mutually just be like consensually just because they're so caught up in this song yeah yeah that doesn't really Stupid. seem to resonate that much with them personally either, based on their characters. No, and it's not really a romantic song. It's a song about love, but not really like like the the like love in general. From yeah, what I got concept. from it, as yeah. a concept, yeah, not like romantic love between two people. No, it's about like lying for your like other half, and it's like, well, does Betty not feel that? With yeah, Jughead? just she because feels it with Archie. I think it's just lying. a lot of teenage hormones. It honestly. is sure. Yeah, and if it was more of like. Not so much a caught up in the moment, but kind of just like a comforting kind of kiss, you mm-hmm. know, like of their like just like sh- that friendship they used to have, but also like a little something more. Right, like I feel like you're the only one who understands me right now. Exactly, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. yeah, and like just wanting to feel wanted and understood. If they want, I feel like that if they want to do that good. in a musical episode, they should do Greece. You know? Yeah. I feel that would like honestly, be so much fun. It would be yeah. fun, and it would fit because that's a high school musical. That's true. Mm-hmm. I guess that's too 
obvious a choice though. So? <laughs> I mean, so I feel like so was Heather's, but they did that. Yeah. You know, and Greece would have been more fun. Well, we'll never get it now because time jump. I mean, w- w- there's like four episodes before the time jump. They can have a like a callback episode where they're remembering when they're in high school. <laughs> oh my gosh, and it could be, be Greece. <laughs> yeah. You never know. That could be fun. True. Or it could be bad. <laughs> it could also be terrible. No. no, it would never be terrible, I don't think. Well, okay. I mean, some of us, some of us have different standards. Yes, but, yeah. my standards are low. No, your standards are... Um, tell me, Adeline. Um, they, what are they? <laughs> they are yours. And no they one can take yours. that away from you. They're your standards. <laughs> okay. All right, so I don't even know what else to say about this episode. I was just full of hot steam. Did you let it out? I think so. Yeah. Well, I guess um, just something else I wanted to add with the Archie, Betty kiss and everything too, though, is it's just like, again, it's just so frustrating because even after that, you know, like they both apologize to them and you can tell, especially with Betty, like how, you know, kind of disgusted she is with herself. Yeah, guilty. Mm -hmm. And how guilty she is and she's just like, torn up about it and it's like why would you do that you know it's oh, just like and that scene, now it's gonna and well just the whole situation you know just with the you know like core four like betty's veronica's best friend jughead is archie's best friend even though I'm all, they haven't hung out in forever but <laughs> but supposedly you know and it's like to kiss your like best friend's boyfriend or your best friend's girlfriend it's gonna cause trouble but it's just like especially after everything they've gone through for them to do that again mm-hmm. like <sighs> it really makes you wonder like like why they keep doing it like do I they know. really think they're gonna end up together in the end like are they end game i don't know it just seemed very confusing and like just thrown in there for drama yeah because like they don't make sense i don't think they make sense in like a cosmic sense, but like personality wise, absolutely no, not. No. Absolutely not. They're not compatible. No. Okay, I have a game. Game time. Are you guys ready for the game? Yes. yes. Okay. This is a fun Always. game. Get your phones out. Oh boy, oh boy. Okay, so this game is another predictive text game because our last one, so many fans wrote in personally and said <laughs> how much they liked it. Shout out to Sally. And so this is a game about plot holes. And it's called oh. Fill my hole. Oh, God. <laughs> so I've collected a few plot holes from the internet, and I wrote them down into sentences. And what you guys are going to do is use your auto to complete to figure out why they were left unanswered, mm, basically. Okay. okay. So I will read the first part of the, the, the plot hole description, and then I will read the lead up for what you guys are going to say. Okay. All right. So the first one is... It's common knowledge that Jason Blossom is in a grade above Cheryl, but they're twins, so how is this possible? The reason Cheryl is in a grade below is because... She has not been in contact (laughs) with her since she (laughs) was, like, shocked. (laughs) Perfectly reasonable. Oh, wow, that was so long. <laughs> like it wouldn't end. It like wouldn't find like a place to land. No. That's okay. It's a misconception that Betty and Archie are next door neighbors, even though their bedroom windows are on opposite sides of the street. This obviously makes sense since we don't have a good week and overlapping hour so that we can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it makes just about as much sense as, as it actually uh, yeah. does. Yeah, <laughs> these writers they have they have you know reasons. Yeah. In season two, Penelope Blossom received third degree burns and is covered in full body bandages. But in a few episodes later, she looks good as new. Oh. The doctors must mm-hmm. have been saving her a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. We just really worked hard on her. Yeah. The town of Riverdale is so small, and yet it has so many gangs. From the Southside Serpents, to the Ghoulies, to the Pretty Poisons, to the Gargoyle Gang. But who could forget? About the great coffee that was often discussed. (laughs) 
you could fair. forget. Yeah. Gangs always talk about coffee. They do. That's why there's it's so many of them. often discussed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're fighting over. Yeah. Who has the greatest coffee? Yeah. Jughead rose to power as the Serpent King despite being a teenager with no gang experience. Nepotism isn't really how gang leaders are chosen, but Jughead was right for the decision because of his... Picks of him being in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cultured. Let's make him a gang. Yes. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> Remember the Black Hood and how at first his eyes were green, and then it was revealed to be Betty's dad, who does not have green eyes? Obviously, this was explained through... Because... Harvesting organs isn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> he went there. FP claims to be 50 years old, but how is that possible if he was in high school in the 90s? He would have been 25 when he knocked up 16-year-old Alice. Maybe it has something to do with... It was really fun. <laughs> what was really fun? Being 25 in <laughs> high school. <laughs> Working on the lake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your phone just made a statement. <laughs> the remaining Pussycats, Val and Melody, haven't been seen in years. They must be... Able to afford a... Gumball now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they left. Been saving up for so long. <laughs> All right, and as always, we're Riverdale fans first and friends second. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Tell a friend and leave us a review because it helps with iTunes visibility. Oh, and follow us on Instagram at Riverdale's Podcast. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.